Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. As they sang that song, an old song popped up in my mind. Um, if you've been a Christian for a while, I'm sure you, you will know this song very well. I must go with God at any land, no matter the roughness of the road. I must go all the way. I must go with God at any land, no matter the roughness of the road. I must go, I must go with God. Do we know it? Let's learn it. I want us to sing it together. I must go with God at any land, no matter the roughness of the road. No matter the roughness of the road. I must go, I must go. All the way, all the way, I must go with God at any land. I must go with God at any land, no matter the roughness of the road, no matter the roughness of the road. I must go, I must go, I must go with God, I must go with God. Let's sing it again. I must go with God at any land. I must go with God at any land. No matter the roughness of the road. No matter the roughness of the road. I must go. I must go. All the way. All the way. I must go. I must go with God at any land. No matter the roughness. We are going to sing it properly now. It's a song of dedication. It's a song of commitment. Just as we were saying in the life of Moses last week, a man that forsook pleasure for pain because of the mandate of God upon his life. A man that was ready never to be called Pharaoh's daughter denying every pleasure of sin for a season just to suffer affliction with God's people there is a mandate of God upon your life and that mandate at one point or the other will come with pain if you must finish strong then you must have the fortitude to bear the pain, to go through the pain of the cross because there is the other side. There is the other side. Listen, some of you are suffering now because you have decided to follow Jesus. 
Some of you are going through stuff now simply because see, just deciding to follow, to follow Jesus comes with pain. But I like to tell you that there is the other side. If you will, if you will be patient with God, if you will endure, if you will endure suffering like Moses, there is the other side. That other side, when you get there, it is the side where all that we do is to behold his glory. All that we do on that other side is to sing praise unto him, is to worship him. There is no pain there. There is no sorrow there. There is no Satan there. You, you don't, we don't even pray there. All we do is to adore him. All we do is to reign with him, is to give him praise. I'd like to tell somebody here this morning, suffering for the sake of Christ, that there is the other side. The other side of glory. The other side of victory at last. A day will come and you will shout, ah, victory at last. We must go with God. Even when the road gets tough. Even when the, the road gets rough. When it becomes very difficult. When you are threatened because of your faith in Christ. As rough as it is. We must be ready to go with God. At any land. Let's swing it together. I must go with God. At any land. No matter the roughness of the road. No matter the roughness of the road. I must go. I must go. All the way. All the way. I must go. I, that is my decision. If it is yours, please sing. Sing with me. Oh, yes. No matter the roughness of the road. I must go. Any land. I must go. 
this morning we make up our minds afresh ready to go with you at any length no matter the roughness of the road all we ask of you this morning is grace grace to be consistent grace to follow through and through no matter the roughness of the road thank you we give you all the praise and glory open the heavens upon this meeting today speak to us instruct our lives and bless us and the glory and the honor is yours thank you father in jesus name we have prayed amen hallelujah god bless you please be seated i count it a privilege again to bring bring god's word to us and i appreciate god's servant for this opportunity when I was preaching last Sunday, I never thought I will be standing here again today. <clears throat> but as God will have it, here, here we are again to try to continue what God started dealing with us on last week. And the topic we started last week is refuse. And we were saying that a point comes in a man's life that he doesn't just accept whatever is offered to him. He doesn't just allow just anything to flow in and out of his life. The point comes where you need to take a stand, where you need to take a decision, and where you need to control what happens to your life, what comes into your life, and what goes out of your life. And we saw that in the life of Moses, in Hebrews chapter 11, where the Bible says, by faith, by faith. Moses, when he was of years, when he was of age, when he attained maturity, when he arrived at that point where he could take decision for himself, decided that he was no longer going to be called Pharaoh's daughter. And there was nothing anybody could do about it. I realized that after that moment, nobody could change it. Nobody could stop Moses from achieving his aim. And his reason was he wasn't rejecting Pharaoh's daughter, the pleasure of royalty, because there was something better. In quote, but he left his place in Pharaoh's house to suffer affliction, to suffer pain, to, he rejected the pleasure of sin, the Bible says, for a season. And we were saying that the pleasure of sin is seasonal, but the impact of sin is eternal. Hallelujah. So Moses came to that point where he rejected pleasure for pain. And as I speak now, Abraham, the man Abraham, is just popping up in my spirit. 
And I'd like to quickly make this point before we move on. Because we must define why we come to God. Part of maturity in Christ is for you to know why you come to Christ. Why are you here? What's your mission? What's your aim? What's your focus coming to Jesus? For Moses, he left pleasure for pain. And then we see also in the life of Abraham, Abraham climbed Mount Moriah not because he wanted to receive a blessing from God. Not because he knew that there was glory waiting for him. But he took all the pain to climb Moriah just to do something that was going to inflict eternal pain upon him. But he did it all the same as long as it was the will of God for him. You see, many times when we come to God, what do we come for? We come to be blessed. That's not out of place. We come to be helped of God. That is not out of place. We come to receive direction from God. That is not out of place. We come to sing worship unto God just as we have done in church this morning. That is very good. But how many times do you come to God or have you come to God to do something that is painful to your soul? Because the Lord demanded it. How many times have you come to offer a sacrifice to God? A sacrifice that has an eternal impact over your life. Abraham did not know what God was going to do, but God knew. He didn't know that that act on Moriah was going to be what will open him up to the plan of God for his life. He never knew. He obeyed God in his innocence. And God in his graciousness blessed him. The unfortunate thing in our time is that we have managed or we have succeeded to raise Christians who are only people that want to take from God. Nobody is ready to offer to God. Abraham went to the mount to offer to God all that he has labored for. His destiny, his tomorrow. The only hope he had for tomorrow. Alright? The only hope Abraham had for tomorrow, the only hope he had for the continuity of his life was what he went to offer to God. You see, sometimes God blesses people 
extravagantly. Not because he just wants to bless them, but because he, they have brought him to a point of no control. You can bring God to a point of no control in your life. He, he just cannot but bless you. He just cannot but bless you. Whenever he looks at you, there is a sweet smelling aroma. There is a savour. There is, there is something for him to savour in your life. There is something for him to derive from your life. And God cannot but bless you. So people will be wondering, why is it that is only him? Is she the only person in church? Is, is he the only person in church? No. There is a secret to every glory. For every gain, there must be a pain. So we saw how Moses left pleasure for pain. We saw how Moses left a cozy environment, left everything, material possession, left status. He left status for pain because of God's people. And we came to a point and we were praying that the Lord should help us that we may live for him. And you remember we sang that song, I live for Jesus day after day. Let come what may, I live for Jesus. We'll continue this morning. And the next point I want to make is that you must refuse as God's child to be wordless. To be wordless. You must refuse to be without the word of God. You must refuse to be empty of the word of God. W-O-R-D-L-E-S-S. You must refuse to be wordless, not wordless. We realize that in the ministry of Jesus, once a man comes to him... The next thing that Jesus begins to do in the life of that man is to fill him with the word. Is to speak the word to the man. As Christians and people of God, as Christians and people that want to end well, we must be men and women of the word. I wonder if there is any service or any meeting in this place where this point is not mentioned one way or the other. It is because of the importance of the word of God to our lives as Christians. Because even God himself couldn't do anything without his word. Everything that was created was created by the agency of the word of God. Everything, everything proceeded out of the word of God. So there is no way we are going to live and survive as Christians without God's word. If you are wordless, you are lifeless. 
the Bible says about Jesus that in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God. Now, if you read further, the Bible says in him was life, and the life was the light of man. And Jesus himself said, I am the bread of life. A wordless man is a dead man even when he's walking around. Any man that wants to live for God successfully can never, and I repeat, can never, and I repeat again, can never succeed in achieving that outside of God's word. Whenever God has an assignment for you, whenever God has his mandate for you, one major equipping that he makes sure he gives to you is the equipping of the word of God. He equips you with his word. He loves you with his word. God had an assignment for Ezekiel. Bring Ezekiel up for us. Ezekiel chapter 3 from verse 1. And let's see the importance of God's word in the life of Ezekiel. Why was he able to do the great and mighty things that he did for God? Ezekiel chapter 3 verse 1. Amen. Hallelujah. All right. Moreover, he said unto me, Son of man, eat that thou findest. Eat this roll and go speak unto the house of Israel. Now, give it to us in the NIV now. That verse 1. In the NIV. And he said to me, Son of man, eat what is before you. Eat this scroll. Then go and speak to the house of Israel. Verse 2. So I opened my mouth and he gave me the scroll to eat. Verse 3. Then he said to me, son of man, eat this scroll I am giving you and fill your stomach with it. So I ate it and it tasted as sweet as honey in my mouth. Verse 4. Then he said to me, son of man, go now to the house of Israel and speak my words to them. God cannot send a man that is wordless. If you like, cry from today till tomorrow. Lord, send me. Lord, use me. Lord, send me. Lord, use me. He will ask, with what will I send you? When you send soldiers for war, you give them guns. When a farmer is going to the farm, he goes with his cutlass, he goes with his hoe, he goes with his implements. When a doctor is going to the hospital, he goes with everything that he needs. When a child of God 
is going on an assignment for God, one of the things that God gives him is what? His word. The mandate, the assignment of God for Ezekiel was to speak to the children of Israel. Was to speak to them. Was to bring the instruction of God unto them. That was his assignment. But the first thing that God asked him to do is Ezekiel, eat this scroll. The scroll is a written parchment. It contains the word of God. Eat this scroll. Because without it, you are going to be confounded standing before the people of God. The reason why you will be confused when you appear before the devil is only because you lack the word. Huh? Jesus stood before the devil one day. In Matthew chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, Luke chapter 4. At his temptation. The devil said this, said this, said this. And the response of Jesus would be, it is what? It is written. Everything that Satan said, Jesus had a response for it. Different things. He didn't prepare for an exam. He wrote it. He passed it. Why? Because he had God's word inside of him. You are preparing to live a defeated life when you fail to eat the word of God. Eat it. Amen? Somebody say, eat it. Eat God's word. Eat it. Let it internalize it. Let it become part of your life. When you eat something, when you bite it, you chew it, you break it down, you masculate it. Alright? You soften it. And then you swallow it. And when it gets into your belly, the process continues. It enters your system. It becomes part of you. And then suddenly, you that, were, that, that was weak before, you that was hungry before, you now realize that you have strength. It is because you have internalized it. The only secret to strength in God is the word of God. What is your component? You see, whenever the devil comes, one of the things that the devil does is to check you out. He'll just do you like this. Let me see what he has. He'll just check you out. Some people are weightless when the devil does like this to their life. They are weightless. And then you see him blowing them from one end of life to another you see him doing whatever he wants to do against their lives and he succeeds. It is because they have not internalized the word of God. See, I am confident of what I'm telling you. Any man that internalizes God's word becomes too heavy for the devil to lift. To lift. So young men and women, instead of spending five hours on Facebook, on YouTube. Recently, I discovered one. TikTok. 
It's recently that I discovered that there's something called TikTok. I'm telling you. It's recently, sir. So when I discovered it, I said, what is this TikTok? So I went, I downloaded it. I said, let me see what is it. I downloaded it. And um, all the information they, require, they requested for. The next time I will open TikTok, I will see almost naked ladies, naked lady dancing. I will scroll up. Another naked lady. I will scroll up. And I said, no, this thing will talk me down. This thing will talk me down. Those of you that are there, is that what they do there? I don't know, but that is what pops up on my phone. Nakedness, immorality, evil. Hey, I've come a long way. I will not allow TikTok to talk me down. It's too late. It's too late. What explanation should I give God that I allow TikTok to knock me down? What explanation? What explanation? How do I explain it? The Lord, TikTok brought me down. I don't know, but that's my impression of it. I don't know if, if maybe my setting or whatever, I don't know, but that is what I see. So I ran away. I ran away before they knocked me down. I ran away. I ran away. I don't, I don't want to lose Jesus. Nothing is more important. Nothing. What is TikTok? Even the WhatsApp that I do, how, how much of it have I used? Ezekiel, eat this scroll. Then go and speak to my people. Eat. See, don't approach the devil if you don't have God's word. I'm telling you, don't, don't approach the devil. Don't say, devil, I bind you. I bind you. I bind you. What they will first of all check is your weight in the spirit. What determines weight is your content. Right? Sometimes they say, fat people, fat people are weighty. Fat people are weighty. And then when, when, when they look at it, they say, ah, the fat is too much. The fat is too much. They go and burn fat. Go and burn fat. And then you go and slim down. You agree with me that there will be difference between your weight when you were fat and now that you have slimmed down. Am I correct? What determines your weight is your content. Your weight in the spirit is determined by your content in the spirit. How much of the world do you have? People of God, enough of playing church. Enough of playing religion. Settle down on the word of God. Bend your neck. Burn an all-night all candle studying the Bible. Get Bible study plans. Get, get all kinds of things. Settle down, settle down. Settle down on the word of God. Because your weight in the spirit is determined by how much of the word of God you carry. Refuse to be wordless. If you are here, you are wordless this morning. Make up your mind. You don't know what to do whenever the devil comes. It, it means something is wrong with your following God. You don't know what to say about situations whenever you want to pray about them. It means th there is something wrong. You can't be empty. Let it be that when we cut you, when we cut you, when we use a knife and cut you, what we see is not anger. 
What we see is not quarrel. What we see is not fight, but the word of God. There are many of you here, or some of you here, that if we cut you now, the next thing we will see is insult. Some of you are still in church and you, and you still insult. Insult. Some of you, somebody cannot step on your toes. If by mistake anybody lands on your toe like this, say, brother, come back. Bro, come back. Bro, come back. This stick that you just stepped on, now I want you to remove it. And you begin to quarrel. You begin to fight. There is, there is, you see, the reason is because what you are made of, there are contents that are loaded into you by the devil. Any man, you see, that is why you still carry on forgiveness for two years. It is because you are wordless. Any man that is loaded with the word of God has no space for unforgiveness. No space. See, live your life in such a way that you see that you don't, even if the devil wants to come, you don't have space for the devil. Fill your life up with the word of God. Fill your life up with the counsel and the ordinances of God. When both of you, husband and wife, you are filled with God's word, your quarreling will be less. Yes. Because when somebody says, when your wife says something, you are looking at it. What does God's word say about it? Is she in accordance with the word of God? The way I want to react now. Is he in accordance with the word of God? That is, that is how both of you will be thinking. Because you are under the authority of the Lord Jesus. The head of the church. You are under his authority. And then she is thinking. If I say this now, will God's word, will it align with God's word? And you are thinking, if I say this now, will it align with God's word? And before you know it, every tension is dissipated. Just disperses like that. Why? Because you are under the authority of what? Of the word of God. Refuse to be wordless. Number two. Or number three now because last Sunday we did number one, number two now, then, then number three. Refuse to be prayerless. Refuse to be prayerless. In Luke chapter 18 verse 1. In Luke chapter 18 verse 1. The Bible says, Man ought, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Somebody say pray and not give up. Come on, say it louder. Pray and not give up. Say it again. Pray and not give up. is a major component of maturity of a Christian that has grown of a Christian that has matured of a Christian that has decided to follow Jesus for the rest of his life prayer is something that he cannot do without prayer is something that we cannot survive without when you are prayerless you are powerless so Jesus told them he said, man ought always to pray and not to give up and not to faint. And he gave a parable of a woman, of a widow that wanted vengeance, that wanted to be avenged of her enemies. 
and there was this king that the Bible says he didn't fear God. Even he himself knew that he did not fear God. You know, sometimes you are committing sin, you don't know that it is sin that you are committing. Many times, when God wants to help you, all right, what he does is to, is to, is to reveal yourself to you through the instrument of his word. You see, there are some things you will do. And this thing I'm telling you is a matter of relationship. You must have related with God to a point. There are some things you do now that you think they are correct. But in the mind of God, they are wrong. And it only takes God's help. Revealing yourself to you through his word. For you to know that this thing I am doing is wrong. The Bible says, he that knoweth what is right to do and doeth it not. To him. To him. Take note of the word. To him. To him. To him. To him. It is sin. It may not be sin to me. But to you, it is sin. If the Lord asks me to wear, not to wear what I'm wearing. And I wear it. To me. To me. It is sin. Because I've gone against the counsel of God for my life. But if you wear it, it may not be sin. But this thing I'm telling you, this one, this one now. You know, there is sin generally. There is sin specifically. So it's a matter of relationship. There are people that, some of you, if you don't pray, um, nothing really happens. Nobody holds you accountable. But there are people that, if they don't pray to them, it is sin. Now, yeah, there are people that, if they don't pray for at least two hours in a day, to them, it is sin. Yeah, there are people that, if they, don't, if they don't pray for five hours in a day, to them, it is sin. Yet, you live your life without praying any prayer. And you don't feel bad. Now, it takes relationship for you to know what I'm talking about. Prayer must be in our blood. Prayer must be our default setting. And this woman kept coming to this king. Avenge me. Avenge me. And the king kept turning her down. The king kept turning her down. The king kept turning her down. Yet, she was not discouraged. She kept coming until you do something for me. I will not let you rest. Until you do something for me. I will not let you go. And the king came to a point himself. He realizes that this thing, this thing that is refusing this woman, He's actually hurting himself. Say, ah, if I don't do something for this woman now, she's going to wear me out. The way she's going, she's not going to cease. She's not going to stop coming. And the king decided to answer her because she refused to give up in the place of prayer. See, the reason why some things have not happened in your life is because you have not lingered enough. Somebody say linger. You have not lingered enough. The Bible says in Luke chapter 9, on the Mount of Transfiguration, the Bible says, as Jesus prayed, and as he prayed, and as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance, what happened? The Bible says it changed. It was transformed. Jesus became a different person. He was full of light as he prayed. See, there is something that God does Beyond your knowledge, beyond your comprehension, that, that you will never understand, you will not be able to comprehend it as you pray. Listen, whenever we pray, you think that is only what you are praying about that God is attending to. It's not true. God 
always does beyond what you pray for. Yes. He can do abundantly, exceedingly, above all that we can do what? Ask or imagine or think. God, God always does beyond. You see, apart from giving you answer to your prayer, there is a refreshing. There is an amount of his presence that he brings upon your life. There is something, whenever you enter your prayer room, there is something that you come out with. Whenever you enter your prayer room, you go a, an inch higher. You are lifted beyond your current level. No man that prays remains down. No man. When you bend your knees, you will be, you will be a consistent standing force for God. The secret to standing in life is on bended knees. Listen, the secret to standing tall for God in life is when your knees are bent. The strongest place, the strongest point, the strongest position of a man's life is when he takes that bended position. Hallelujah. Learn to bend your knees. Pray in the morning. Pray in the noontime. Pray at night because there is power in prayer. Prayer is the generator of power. It is in the place of prayer that the word of God is brought into reality. Are you with me? It's in the place of prayer. When you carry God's word and you don't pray, God's word will just sit in you like this. It will just be looking at you. It is prayer that pushes God's word into action over the life of a man. And Peter began to sink on that river that day. He began to sink. And as he was sinking, Jesus was looking at him. Huh? He would look at Jesus like this. Jesus would look, would look at him, yes. And he was sinking. He looked down. He was sinking. He looked down. He was going down. Jesus was looking at him. And he did nothing until Peter. What did he do? Until he cried out. That was a prayer that he offered. You see, there are many things that God, God will just be looking at you until you cry out. Don't assume. As God's child, don't assume. When there is any bite, when there is any pinch, like a little child, what should you do? Cry! Lift your voice and cry to God. Prayer has a way of resting the weary. Prayer has a way of turning your night today. A song says, um, a song says, hey, you left your room this morning. Did you think to pray in the name of Christ the Savior? Did you see for love in favor as your shield today? He now says, oh, how prayer rests the weary. Prayer will turn your night today. So when life seems dark and dreary, don't forget to pray. But instead of praying, you run out. Instead of praying, you are looking for help from men. Instead of praying, you are running to people that cannot help you. Pray. Bend your knees when you are confronted with situations of life. Situations that you cannot comprehend. Situations that you cannot understand. Bend your knees. 
go to God in prayer. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. There is nothing you cannot carry to God. No matter how small, no matter how big, no matter how intermediate, no matter, no matter the color. Take everything to God in prayer. He will respond. He will answer. He will, he will listen. And he will swing into action. Hallelujah. The song also says, we must wait, we must wait upon the Lord. For that's the price to be paid for revival. It's not by power, it's not by might, nor by man's wisdom, but by my spirit, says the Lord of us. As you pray, as you pray, as you wait on him, as you look up to him in the place of prayer, he will swing into action on your behalf. There is nothing that moves God in the life of a man like a life of prayer. So number one, refuse sin. Number two, refuse um, to be wordless. Number three, refuse to be what? Prayerless. Number four, refuse to be faithless. Refuse. Every week, we learn one thing or the other as a church about faith. Refuse to be faithless. Refuse to be faithless. Have confidence in the word of God. Take action based on the word of God. For faith is confidence in the word of God. An action taken based on the word of God. Hallelujah. For faith is the substance of things not seen. The, 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 the evidence, the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of what? Things not seen. So when we talk about hope, we talk about hope in faith. Faith, hope is inside faith. Faith is the carrier of hope. Hallelujah. So that, that, Hebrews chapter 11. The Bible says it was by faith that Moses did what he did. Are you with me? It was by faith. Now, you know the reason why it was by faith? He was leaving the known for the unknown. Yes. He was leaving the known for the unknown. Uh, Pharaoh's house. The king's house. Royalty. Pleasure. Servants at my disposal. Maids at my disposal. Whatever I want, I can enjoy. By faith. By faith. By trusting in God. By confidence in God. Moses decided not to be called Pharaoh's daughter anymore. He decided to suffer affliction by faith. He left the known for the unknown. Just as Abraham left the known for the unknown. Many times, Faith will lead you on the path of the unknown. But if it is faith, you know that that unknown will end well. You know. See, when faith is in action, it will always end well. Take that to the bank. If faith is in action, over the life of a man, whatever that situation is, it will always end well. Matthew 21 verse 21. Please give us Matthew chapter 21. Verse 21. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Are we there? Yes. 
Jesus answered and said unto them, Verily, I say unto you, If ye have faith and doubt not, ye shall not only do these things which is done to the fig tree, but also if ye shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, what shall happen to it? It shall be done. That word shall means that it must happen. Not will. Not me. But shall. When faith is in action, the result is shall. You see, whatever you are believing God for, shall, shall, shall. Is a shall matter. Somebody say to your neighbor, it is a shall matter. Come on, say it to him again, it is a shall matter. It will come to pass. If any of you shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, and he doubts not, it shall be done. Hey, faith confers finality. Faith is absolute. When faith speaks, faith does not speak here and there. When faith speaks, it is, abs it is absolute. It is, it is sharp. It is sharp. When a man oppressed by faith, whatever he wants to see, he will see. Whatever he wants to touch, he will touch. Whatever he wants to experience, he will experience. Why? Because he is acting on the faith of God. And let me tell you, that when you have the word, and you have a life of prayer, and the life of faith is missing, you are in trouble. You can't achieve anything. Faith gives potency. It gives, it gives, it makes God's word actionable. It makes, it makes whatever you are asking for in prayer, it makes it action. It gives it action. It gives it action. It gives it action. It gives it action. Whatever you ask God, you must believe that it can be done. See, it's better for you not to pray than to pray in disbelief. It's better. You're wasting your time. Hallelujah. So Jesus said, if you will believe, if you will believe and you will not doubt, this shall be done. And you see, Jesus did not agree. He didn't, he didn't compartmentalize. He didn't, he didn't rate it. He didn't grade it. He said, this mountain, mountain, this one, mountain. That mountain that's confronting you now, this very one, this very one. Now, it doesn't matter the name of the mountain. It doesn't matter the age. Alright? The age of, you know, there are big mountains, there are small mountains. And you see, there are mountains that are sedimentary mountains. Alright? Sedimentary. They are made of sand particles, you know, you know, mounting up in layers, upon layers, and then you have a sediment, you can have a sedimentary mountain. A mountain that is made up of laterite. You know, all those places that they go to bring laterite from. Laterite is a sedimentary rock. So, you can have a mountain of, that is made up of sedimentary substance. Yet, you can have a mountain that is solid. Ignos rocks. Alright? Metamorphic rocks that is solid. Now, what Jesus is saying is this. Whether the mountain is sedimentary, or the mountain is ignos, or the mountain is metamorphic, faith can move it. That is what he's saying. So it doesn't matter the color, the nature, the makeup, the age. Mountains, mountains are older than, you know. Let me not. But, but what Jesus is saying is that no matter the status of that mountain in your life, it may be an age-long mountain. Listen, it may be a mountain that has existed in your family line right from 
the beginning of your family, your great, 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 great grandfather. And I say, yes, this thing is running in their family. This sickness is running. It's a lifelong mountain. If you, as small as you are, 12 years old, carrying faith inside of you, if you will exercise your faith, that mountain will be moved. That is what God's word is saying. By faith, refuse to be faithless. Refuse to be faithless. Carry faith in your heart. Because it was by faith that Abraham moved out. It was by faith that kingdoms were subdued. It was by faith that rulership was established. It was by faith. Refuse sin. Refuse to be wordless. Refuse to be prayerless. Refuse to be faithless. Refuse to be fearful. It's like the opposite side of faith. But I need to mention it to you. Refuse to be fearful. Refuse to be fearful. Listen. Whenever you are confronted with battle, the first law of warfare is fear not. The first law of spiritual warfare is fear not. Whenever God wants to set his men in array for battle, one of the first things he tells them is what? Fear not. Tell your neighbor, fear not. Faith cannot walk in an environment of fear. The power of God cannot walk in an environment of fear. There was a time I came under the bondage of so much fear. And there was, you see, one thing with fear is that you may not even be able to explain why you are afraid. I was afraid for nothing. I couldn't sleep in the night. The devil used it to torment me. I lost weight. I, it was a serious matter. This thing I'm telling you. See, I've experienced fear. I know, I know there was no reason for me to be afraid, but I was afraid. I prayed and prayed and prayed. At a point, he started eating into my prayer life. I couldn't pray anymore. I was becoming weak. I was becoming weak. I was becoming weak. Several years ago. I said, hey, what is happening to me? And I called a friend. Somebody say, call a friend. Call a friend. And I called a friend. I said, bro, for the past four weeks, this has been my experience. I'm under bondage. I'm under, I'm under, I'm under an attack. Please pray for me. And he asked me, what do you think is the reason? I said, I don't know. I don't have any reason. There's no reason. Nothing happened. But I'm just afraid. I'm just afraid in my heart. And he prayed a simple prayer. And that was it. May you have friends that can help you in the day of trouble. Now, many of you, the friends you have are amiable friends. Gossip. Friends that gossip. Whenever you meet your friend, all you talk about is you know, people in church. Did you see how that sister behaved? Did you see how that brother, that brother did not even sing well in the choir today. And if we give you the microphone, you, you will be croaking before us like a crocodile. And, and those are the kind of friends that you have. Friends that will only gossip. Friends that will not see anything good in the other person. All they know how to do is to gossip, is to slander, is to lie, is to put down, is to talk down. Have friends. When you have a friend that has never encouraged you to pray. When you have a friend that has never helped your faith to be stronger. When you have a friend that has never encouraged you to feast on the word of God. Brother, run away from such friend. They won't take you anywhere. Look at the lives of people that are standing Christians. Check their friends. Huh? See, you can have friends in the office. You can have professional friends. Friends in career. You know? 
You see, but even those ones should be able to add to your life. When you have a friend in career, you should be able to make your career better, right? When you have a study friend, like when I was in the, in the, in the, in the secondary school, I had the textbooks. But I had a friend that had no textbooks. Very intelligent guy. And you see, he would come to my house. I would be reading physics. He would be reading chemistry. Then sometimes we'll cross-pollinate. We'll read. We'll share topics. We'll go and read. And then when we meet in the night, we are discussing topics. We are discussing topics. From night until day, we were doing TDB. Till daybreak. And we succeeded together. Have friends that can help you. Have friends that can encourage you. Eh? As I am like this, as I am. Anybody that is my friend, you see, you see, Pastor Oloye, Oreminu. Pastor Oloye is my friend. I don't joke with him. If you try Pastor Oloye, you will see me. If you touch him, you touch me. Pastor Oloye, I, I got your back. You see, sometimes on WhatsApp status, you know, there are people I've seen that don't know how to speak English. And then you go to their WhatsApp status, you are saying, I, I, I got your back. Uh, so, as if, I'll just read it and just laugh, as if they can speak any, if you confront them now, they can't see anything. I got your back. I just use that to do cover up. There has never been a time I had a conversation with Pastor Lawyer that a burden does not arise in our hearts. There's never been a time. Whatever we talk about, everything must drive towards God. Do you understand me? Everything must drive towards God. How friends that when you meet for three hours, that, that meeting should end with a prayer. But you know that, you yourself, you know that if you meet a friend and you, you, you slander, you gossip for three hours, if, even if you want to pray, your conscience will not allow you to pray. You won't be able to pray. Uh, we just finished slandering somebody. Now, and you see, people know the right thing to do. They know. They know. See, all these people that, that you see are misbehaving, they know it. Their conscience tells them. Have friends that can build your faith, your most holy faith. Your most holy faith. Unite together, mix, interact in the place of prayer. Let's become men and women of fire. Men and women of the world. Men and women of faith. When you are having ordinary discussion, it should, it should drive everybody towards God. Everybody towards God. Young men and women. I know I am still young. But these are some of the things that has brought some of us a bit far in God. And we are hoping that this same thing will take us higher in God. And we are hoping that it will take us to the very end. I was telling somebody recently that I don't need friends anymore. The ones I have. Alright? It's, it's not as if you want to be my friend, you can't come home. But what I'm saying is that if I don't have any friend again, the ones I have, they are enough for me. I've come to realize that many of my friends are even higher than me in grace. That is how I see them. I don't know how they see me. But whenever I see them ministering, whenever I see them doing things from God, I am challenged. I am challenged. Oh, see what Hassan is doing. Oh, see what Tamojo is doing. Oh, see what Victor is doing. Lord, give me grace. I don't know how they think about me. 
But I'm sure that somehow, some way, they'll be thinking the way I'm thinking. Have people around you that can build up your life. Refuse to be faithless. Refuse to be faithless. Refuse to be faithless. Somebody say, refuse to be faithless. I refuse to be fearful. Isaiah 41 verse, verse 10. Fear not. I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am what? Thy God. Why should you be afraid when you have God by your side? Why should you be afraid when you have God's approval over your head? Listen. Whatever battle you will face, God has already approved you to win. Oh, you know, you don't understand. Many times you think that when you are fighting battle, you are fighting to win. No, you are not fighting to win. You are only enforcing your victory. See, the meaning of spiritual warfare is enforcement of your victory. It's not, it's not as if you are, you are fighting any fresh battle. Jesus paid it all. Jesus fought it all. Jesus gave you the victory on the cross of Calvary. Your responsibility is to enforce it. Just as when judgment is given in the court of law. What is the next phase? Enforcement. The phase of enforcement. Great things God has done for you. You now have to do what? Enforce it. Fear not. I am with you. Do not be dismayed. Because I am what? I am your God. Two more points and then I close. Now, you must refuse to be silenced. Amen? Refuse to be silenced. Don't allow anything to silence you. Don't lose your voice. Don't allow anything to take your voice away. In Mark chapter 10 verse 46, you remember Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus cried, Have mercy on me, thou son of David. They said, keep quiet. You know what they were telling him to do? Be silent. Be silent. Be silent. Don't express yourself. Don't lift your voice. But then I have a man in the Bible that calls himself John the Baptist. When they asked him who he was, what did he say? I am the voice. The voice of one that does what? That cried. That cried in the wilderness. You are a voice, child of God. God expects you to be a crier. Don't allow the devil to shut your mouth. Don't allow the devil to silence you. You see, I've come to realize I've met a few people that are disadvantaged. One thing that helped them is their ability to speak. I don't know if you have met uneducated people in traffic before and, and they are misbehaving. And you tell them, stop that! Don't drive like that! That one thing that you say, they will say 50 to you. And they will do what they want to do. Are you understanding me? Even though it's against the law, you cannot say, I've realized that people that don't know much, they want to express themselves. They want to say something. They want to talk something. They want to be forceful. How much more you that knows the word of God? How much more you that carries the power, the mandate, the glory, the word of God inside of you? Refuse to be silenced. They said, Bartimaeus, keep quiet. He cried them all. The Bible says, the more they attempted to silence him. What did he do? The more he cried. And you see, that man kept crying until Jesus stopped for him. Listen, and when Jesus stopped, it was only for Bartimaeus that Jesus stopped. 
Which other person received miracle there that day? Huh? Tell me if it is recorded in the Bible. Even if it happened, he, they didn't write it. But Bartimaeus' son was not worthy. He entered the Bible because he refused to be silenced. Are you understanding me? He cried until Jesus stopped for him. Do you know what it means? For Jesus to stop for a man. Do you know Jesus? The king of kings. The lord of lords. The mighty man in battle. The lion of the tribe of Judah. The glory and the lifter up of my head. My everything. My all in all. Jesus toothed. And hope you know that whenever Jesus moves, he moves with entourage of angels. What we call the heavenly hosts. He moved with them. As Jesus stood, heaven stood. Angels stood. Everything that moved that day stood. And then suddenly the attention of men now turned to Batimus. Ah, ah Batimus, don't worry. <laughs> even, those, even those that told him to keep quiet. Ah, don't worry, be encouraged, be encouraged. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. See, they were not being of good cheer anything. It's just, it's just that shame has, has catched them. They didn't know what to do again. The same person they were silencing was now the person that Jesus, Jesus himself, when they that were following Jesus could not, could not get the attention of Jesus, a blind man got his attention. Why? Because he refused to be what? To be silenced. Finally, finally, you must refuse to be powerless. Oh. You must refuse to be powerless. Tell your neighbor, refuse to be powerless. Tell your neighbor, refuse to be powerless. You must refuse to be powerless. Because the devil will finish you if you fail to lay hold on God's power. Listen. And when I'm talking about power, I'm not just talking about power to heal the sick, power to raise the dead, power to do this, power to do that. Yes, it's part of it. Do you know that even becoming God's child is by power? Uh -uh. Is it John chapter 1 verse 12? Give it to us. Let's read it. Even becoming, being a son of God, that you are God's son, that you are God's child, is power. Requires power. Say, but as many as received him, to them gave he power. To do what? To become what? The sons. So, it takes power to be God's child. So, beyond healing, you know, there are people that heal who are not God's sons. Uh There are people that perform miracles who are not God's sons. There are people that prophesy who are not God's sons. Eh? That is why the most important thing in your life is to become God's son. That's the most important thing. Your healing is not as important as you becoming a child of God. Because you can be a child, you can, you can be healed, and yet you are not God's child. These are the people that God will say to them, Jesus will say to them in Matthew chapter 7, he said, for many shall come unto me that day, and they shall say, is it not in your name we prophesied? Is it not in your name we perform miracles? Is it not in your name we heal the sick? What shall be his response to them? Depart from me, I know you not. What? Ye workers. Ye work. So you can perform miracles inside iniquity. That is why. That is why. 
you must be careful not to allow your results to deceive you. Because when God gives a man a gift, it is without repentance. See, as I'm born again like this and I'm serving God, God may give me the gift of healing and it is working. If today I decide to backslide, that gift will still work. Uh -huh. Listen, listen. Moses struck the rock. He brought water out of the rock. That was a miracle. While everybody, they were jubilating and drinking water, Moses was facing query before God. You failed to sanctify me. With, but God did not stop to bring water out of the rock. Power to be his son. Power to be his daughter. Power to be his servant. Power. See, see, before you look for power for miracle, before you look for power for healing, before you look for power for breakthrough, look for power to be his son first. Be his son in power. It takes power to become God's son. Be his son first. Let's have a relationship with him first. As I am like this, there are things I desire. There are levels of the anointing that I want to operate. There are, there are levels of manifestation I want to see in my life and ministry. But as I come to God again and again, He keeps saying, go deeper with me. Keep having your relationship with me. Keep coming close to me. Just keep at it. Just keep at it. Because power to be a son is more powerful than power to heal. Because of what benefit is it for you? To preach the gospel to the unsaved. And you yourself at the end of the day. You become what? A castaway. What can make you escape being a castaway? Is that power. That power to be God's son. And the Bible says as we conclude. And you shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. The agency of power. The, the avenue by which God's power can be operational in your life. Is when you are filled. When you are filled with the Holy Spirit. In Luke chapter 24 verse 49. And Jesus told them. Depart not from Jerusalem. In Jerusalem. Until you are endured with what? With power. Somebody shout power. Come on somebody shout power. Come on somebody shout power. Come on somebody shout power. And the Bible says. When the Philistines came upon Samson. The spirit of the Lord. Came upon him. And something did wonders by the power that was supplied by the Spirit of God. Can somebody shout power again? Can you shout power as you rise on your feet now? Can you shout power as you rise on your feet now? Somebody shout power! Somebody shout power! Somebody shout power! I'm going to pray. power Lord yes if you if you need it pray like somebody that needs it because I'm not ready to cajole you to pray if you need power lift up your voice loud Lord fill me with power not just power to heal the sick not just power for miracles but power to become a child of God a real child of God not child of God by mouth all of us are children of God now. No, 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 no. When the sheep are down, the goat, they will be separated from the sheep at the end of the day. And me with power, Lord. And me with power. Somebody pray. And me with power. This life 
that I have is the life of Christ in me. This life that I have is the life of God. This life, oh yes, that I have is the life of Christ in me. This life that I have is the life of God. The way of God begin to fill our lives in this place. Let the way of God begin to take over our spirits. Let the way of God begin to overwhelm our lives individually and collectively. Oh. on you now it is that inheritance that culminates to healing that culminates to favor that culminates to blessing that culminates to abundance it is that inheritance but the main thing is becoming the son of God power to become the son of God so from today 
you will no longer operate below your level as the son of God. In the mighty name of Jesus. Power to operate at the level of sonship. Sonship. Sonship with God. Sonship with Christ. Sonship with God. That level of power comes upon you today. In the name of Jesus. You shall no longer be a slave but a son. You shall no longer be under but on top. In the name of Jesus. You are healed of every disease. You are delivered from every oppression. You are healed of every sorrow. In the name of Jesus. From today. Go. Sin no more. Go. Be wordless no more. Go. Be prayerless no more. Go. Be faithless no more. Go. Fear not anymore. Go. Be powerless no more. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are prayed. Amen.